snap the hot dog, dip the bun, chipmunk, play Tetris with your insides, and 75 and 10. You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. We have, uh, I guess technically, breaking news. And we get this breaking news from our friend of the show, Mr. Ryan Hall, has sent us a notice that uh, there's some weird stuff going on down in Las Vegas. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus or not talking about the Western Hub City for the National Hockey League because you lost that to the uh, city of Edmonton. But uh, Ryan let us know today that uh, there's something funny going on down at the Bellagio Sportsbook down in Las Vegas. Um, And obviously, if this is true, the person that took these bets um, is officially uh, either on his way to jail or at the very worst is on his way to the unemployment line. Because Ryan is telling us, and we're reporting to you, as we welcome you to this 522nd episode of Unscripted, our first unscripted episode on video. So if you're expecting bigger guys because of the voice, we're just small guys. Um, I make sure I promise I won't scratch anywhere I'm not supposed to scratch. And the things that I used to do when a camera wasn't on me, I'll try to remember that uh, I have a camera on me. But anyway... Supposedly, somebody at the Bellagio in the sports book took as much uh, as of, excuse me, $250,000 on baseball games in regard to the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, and Chinese Baseball, Professional Baseball League in China, that some guy at the Bellagio took $250,000 in total on baseball games that had already started. That's a big no-no. That, yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose of gambling if you get a bet down after the game has started. It been really had been fun if we had known if the guy took the bet and the score was like nine to nothing. That would have been fun. But uh, you've got a little bit more on this, um, obviously, with your gaming background. But I can tell you that the Nevada Gaming Control Board, which must be obviously a subsidiary of the... Nevada Gaming Commission. The Nevada Gaming Commission is bigger than God in the state of Nevada. Bigger than the mayor, bigger than uh, the governor. The Nevada Gaming Commission runs Las Vegas. So if they send one of their henchmen, the Gaming Control Board, out to investigate something going on in Las Vegas in regard to somebody taking a quarter million dollars in bets on baseball games that have already started. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for the tip on that. It just came in right before we went to air here. And uh, yeah, I, they actually interviewed the uh, one of the main guys at the Westgate Sportsbook, and he was saying that this has happened to all of them, actually, at some really? point or another. Yeah, it happens from time to time, just whatever, human error mainly. Uh, I don't know if it can happen in a purely electronic system, but yeah, he said it's happened to them all before. But yeah, it was the Bellagio, and over half of the quarter million was a single, either a single bet or a single human being who uh who reaped the benefits because he cashed out for 137,000 it sounds like so that sounds pretty good but yeah there is an investigation right now on are they going to have to pay it or not I think they're gonna have to well I think so too I think so too the house took the bet the representative is the guy in trouble here and the representative took the bet so I think the house is gonna have to make good on this yeah because the problem with the precedent you said is then I mean what if someone wins a huge bet and they made the bet at 
one fifty nine of a two o'clock game, and the sportsbook says, "Oh, actually, right. our clock was a minute off, so now but we don't have to pay." Once they you a issue dollars. a ticket, once they yeah. issue a ticket, then they're hooped. Yeah, in regard like, to they they're recognizing having taken the bet, and I think in all, in, you know, I mean, they have big credibility issues now if they don't pay out. Oh yeah, and, the and, Bellagio, I mean, and it's it's such a drop in the bucket compared to everything True. else that it's it's not like I mean, if someone won ten billion dollars, like then you know, then it's a little tougher. But for a for a couple hundred grand, I don't think yeah, they're but fight even it too but hard. remember this: those guys have been shut down now for months. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars means a little bit more now in Las Vegas than it did, let's say, prior to oh March the fifteenth. That's true, but as long as they've been active, that means they've been getting true. revenue as well, and this is just part of that. So not to mention the people betting on the other side of these exact same games. So I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, they have to pay it out. You have to. There's no other way to do it. I made a bet on the Oilers this year right before COVID. I put down 50 bucks for them to win the Cup, yeah. 18 to 1. So I get 900 bucks if they win. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, they have to still pay it, even though COVID's hit... The Oilers might end up playing. They could make it to the finals and play the entire thing at home. And for all we know, by then, Edmonton could be allowing fans in, for all we know. Oh. So Edmonton could have a huge edge. But too bad, when I made the bet, none of us oh, absolutely. knew anything about all the crazy Again, things that would happen. you were issued yeah. a slip. Have and that's, that's your golden ticket right there. If Edmonton makes a run and, and takes home the Stanley Cup, then they have to honor that, regardless yeah. of the circumstances. Yeah, they do, absolutely. I have a question. Um... Totally unrelated to what we're going to be talking about here. As you can see, that I've got things to talk about. And if they're in big print, it's because I'm, I'm old with old eyes. But I have a question. Now that we're on video, um, would we still get the regular open? I like that open you just read. Oh, no, that, that's what I was saying. Yeah, no, the opening's the same, but I've now added a video montage of us to it. Oh, damn it. You're going to make me look like George Clooney? Hmm. No, well, there's there's a, there's a quick shot of you uh, swinging a driver. There's a quick... Uh, there's oh, a, talking about swinging a driver. Oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. How's that for teeing you up? Gotta tell you. Ooh, pun there on uh, the teeing yeah, you up. Yeah. Um, I found a new golf course yesterday, and, I mean, it's been around forever. It's been around since 1924, but it's... From my house, it's like 150 clicks away. It's almost in... Uh, it's almost in uh, Red Deer, but uh, Mikey's got his groove back on the golf course, folks. <laughs> so uh, if any of you people think that I've, and I have been in a nine-month slump, but if any of you people want to play golf, please bring money, because if I keep swinging like I did yesterday, um, you're going to lose a lot of that money. And uh, I don't know what it is. I think that with everything going on, I've just tried to clear my mind and... Uh, I hit the ball as well as I did yesterday, and I played with a couple of younger bucks that uh, couldn't quite get the idea that I was out driving them on every hole. So um, <laughs> quite proud to say that Mikey's got his groove back on the golf course, and that's always a good thing. So as we welcome you to this uh, 500 and got to get the number right, 522nd episode of Unscripted, again, our first one with the video component. And uh, very excited to see what I like. Now, I have another question. Does this potentially get me in trouble in in regard to the uh, witness protection program in the United States that I'm currently under? Uh, if somebody from the United States sees this, am I going to be in trouble? <laughs> well, um, legally, no, I don't think. Um, in terms of uh, people getting angry at the sight of you who are viscerally, you know... 
yeah, I could have a, by you. I could maybe. have a bigger problem there. Yeah. So uh, no, it's it's fine. Technically, now this is our first permanent video episode because this will be the norm going forward. But we did we did do uh, our Bernie episodes, Bernie episode. two hundred and two hundred and one. Yeah. Yeah, we did no. those. We did those uh, on video. Those are on the YouTube channel as well. But yeah, this will be the norm going forward. We're going to migrate our comment section over to YouTube here, and uh, everything will be kind of through YouTube. You can still get us on all the other avenues where we uh, are available. Everything, you know, Spotify and iTunes and everywhere, the 20 that have uh, got us on there. They're all still available with audio, uh, but you can also watch the video on YouTube. And I'm going to see, I know that Spotify now, so you know Spotify signed uh, Joe Rogan to a $100 million deal. If I don't know if you, oh, maybe you didn't no, hear about that. No. Yeah, so Spotify, uh, it wants to be the big player. And so they've been really aggressive. And basically, as soon as they launched on uh, into the um, podcast sphere, shall we say, they were pretty much instantly number two, and now they want to be number one, and they're trying to beat Apple, and they are they made it so that Joe Rogan, the most popular podcast in the world, uh, starting in December or so, it's going to be exclusive to Spotify. Oh. You won't be able to get that anywhere else, the Joe Rogan experience, so they're making a hard push there, but... Uh, he's going to have his video available there, so maybe we'll have our video available on Spotify as well. But I'll, I'll see what each uh, directory is doing, if they're audio or video or both. Uh, but for sure, YouTube and maybe Spotify, and we'll see what else I find. I'll, I'll tell the Spotify people right now, we'll do it for $50 million. Yeah, no kidding. Holy $50 million. That's it. It's a bargain. Um, a lot of things to talk about, but I mean, can you can you start out? And technically, I know this is a sports podcast but it's also unscripted and uh we've talked about a lot of things over the last almost three years um how safe would you feel in the united states come january of 2021 and at the uh where they swear in the president and getting introduced to the crowd is kanye west huh any takers Kanye West announced on Twitter Saturday that he is running for president of the United States on the November ballot to take over the top job in January of 2021. He announces on his Twitter account Saturday that he is running for president of the United States. My God, who's next? And here's even more of a disastrous thought in my mind. Kim Kardashian West, if you guys had problems with Melania Trump, can you imagine what Kim Kardashian West would do as the first lady? I mean, you go from somebody that was thought of as almost angelic in regard to Jackie Onassis or Jackie Kennedy, and now we've gone to the part that we're looking at potentially Kim Kardashian West being the first lady of the United States. She'll be selling things from the Oval Office, that bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, Wow. Kanye West, please, people, please tell me this is a joke. Please tell me that this is really April Fool's. It's back on April 1st, and we're out of COVID, and everything's back to normal. Please tell me that, because Kanye West, as the President of the United States, to me, makes almost less amount of sense as it would be if I was announcing that I was running for President of the United States. Actually, well, first of all, Kim Kardashian would set a new standard for good-looking first ladies, that, like, without question there. 
But secondly, well, yeah, no question. Uh, but you know, again, uh, Jackie Kennedy was an attractive lady. She was a back nice in the day. Lady. And, yeah. and Melania is good looking too. But I mean, uh, I'm Kim Kardashian. At least, at the very least, physically is, is oh, spectacular. Yeah. Um, but no, you know what? I don't know if this is going to surprise you or not. Kanye West, <laughs> Kanye West running for president actually makes perfect sense. There, there's a there's a picture of the first family in potentially January oh, of 2021. Oh, yeah. that's nice. That was sent to me today by one of the two people that called me today to see if I would... Uh, uh, what was the what did I, word did I say? Uh, sponsor sponsor them, them to, them to live, live in, Canada. in Canada. Because they're very scared. He's not lying. I'm not lying. Um, you're absolutely not lying. I've been contacted by two people earlier this morning that asked me if I'd sponsor them to come live in Canada if Kanye West wins... <laughs> wins the presidential job, uh, you know, here in, in November. But uh, no, please go ahead. So the only question that I have uh, is if uh, Donald Trump came up with this or if Kanye came up with this or if they came up with it yeah, together. Yeah, they're buds, aren't they? They're buddies. Yeah, yeah. So isn't it interesting that right when, uh, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter thing is up and, you know, the Democrats are always beating their, like, oh, you know, you know, you know, what did Joe Biden say to that one guy? Like, if 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 you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they, they you know, which I mean is what they always do. But now, now you have either Kanye does absolutely nothing, or he siphons off some black votes. Right. So what's that going to? It helps. All it does is help Trump. Absolutely. That's and all it does. I, so, absolutely right. And you know, like, did you see about this guy, John? Was it Bolton? Was his name? John Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. That wrote the book that Trump tried to get squashed and mm -hmm. couldn't do it. And now Bolton is voting party-wise. He can't see himself voting for Biden at this point. So he votes for somebody else. Let's say, again, another example of just helps Trump because it washes away that potential yeah. one vote as to moving on and naming somebody else as the potential 46th president of the United States. So, oh my God, guys, uh, doing that kind of stuff, it kind of defeats, I would think, Bolton's purpose of well, ripping Trump and and getting all this publicity, he's been on every talk show you can think of in regard to this book, and but then instead of being kind of the the beacon of change, he says I can't go against my party. Well, I've got to say something here right at the beginning. Um, well, not really the beginning. Thirteen minutes in, um, Trump is not your what you would think of as your grandfather or my grandfather's or our father's prototypical conservative slash Republican. Mm -hmm. um, he is not a Republican. He un obviously ran under the Republican ticket, but I don't think you can consider him a prototypical conservative Republican. He's, I just he's, don't. He's very left-wing on trade, especially. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, let's get to some other guy. Oh, yeah, I got I to gotta mention one thing, though. Just yeah. one thing, and then we'll get to sports, I promise. Uh, well, two things. Congratulations to Joey Chestnut. God, that's a big. That, hey, that that's comes a, to sports. That's a sports story. Absolutely. That is a sports story. Absolutely. But Joey Chestnut breaks his own world record by eating seventy-five hot dogs on Saturday. Always that happens on the Fourth of July down in New York City. Well, that's in ten minutes. Yeah, seventy-five hot dogs on Saturday, and a lady, a new player, never heard of her. Chris, Chris had some kind of connotation uh, to her. He yeah. thought he did. I don't know, um, but I just know the lady's name, Miki Sudo, breaks the women's record with 48.5 hot dogs eaten in that same 10-minute time frame. So congratulations to Joey Chestnut. 
And congratulations and welcome to a new player on the women's side of eating hot dogs. Mika Sudo breaks the women's record with 48.5 hot dogs eaten in a 10-minute time frame. Actually, it, it, so I'm just looking it up here. So it says that uh, she... Actually, this is her seventh win in a row. Really? She's won every year now from 2014 to 2020 on the women's side. Mm. Seven in a row. How come I'd never heard of her before? Uh, because Joey Chestnut gets he all He dominates, the, yeah. He and dominates. I mean, he's, you know, he's beating her by 66%, so... Well, I can't believe Joey Chestnut's better than ever. I can't believe that Joey Chestnut doesn't weigh 500 pounds. And he's not the biggest... He's like 220. No! He's like he's 220. Not, he's, he's not he's, grossly he's, overweight. He's nothing. No, he's... Yeah, he's 230 pounds. So he's, he's got some weird habits, but... Uh, he's, he's got 15 points on me. He's got 15 pounds on me. I mean, you're sitting here thinking you're eating 80, 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. You'd think he'd weigh about 500 pounds. Yeah, he's 6'1", 230. Yeah, okay. And he's... Uh, He's 36 years old right now. Well, the way he eats, he's not going to see 40. Um, let I don't me tell know how you. that works. That, that's, but 75 in 10 minutes, the 7.5 a minute. Yeah. Is that even swallowing? I mean, digesting? So, that's just... I, I, I've said this on the show before. Actually, he, he, um, you would think that he'd be doing this really smooth motion, but he's just the opposite. He, he, he has he is, uh, made famous this uh, eating style called chipmunking. And so what he does is, if you watch him, he he's the opposite of smooth. He puts and he eats them separately. Like he snaps the hot dog in half, okay. and then he throws that in his mouth, and then he he kind of he kind of eats like this. Like he he chipmunks it down, and he, what he's trying to do is simultaneously make room for the like, next one. Yeah, he's like playing Tetris on his inside. Like right, <laughs> so he's like he it's supposed to pack it down the most. And then what he does is he takes the bun, and eats it separate. That's uh, disgusting. And he he dips it in either water or Sprite. And just to make it easier to eat the bun. Oh, okay. Right? And All so he's right, eating yeah. just a bun dipped in water, a wet bun, and he just eats that as fast as he can. And then he goes the same thing, like snap the hot dog, dip the bun, chipmunk, play Tetris <laughs> with your insides, and 75 and 10. That's all yeah. you do. All right. Um, I've got to mention this. Um, this is just shocking to me. It really is. And it makes me really scared about traveling to the United States in July, which the... Uh, opportunity to do that lessens a little bit more every day as mm -hmm. they inch closer to almost a hundred thousand cases per day mm -hmm. down in the united states i love my father i miss him greatly but i think he would even be if he could scream from his box tell me right now stay the hell home but i guess that masks and toilet paper aren't the only things that americans were buying in june as reports indicate that the fbi firearm backgrounds checks division set another record in the month of June with over 4 million firearm background checks. Now, every anybody that purchases a gun has to go, in the United States, has to go through this FBI firearm backgrounds check. And 4 million people, supposedly, had to have a firearm background check done on them in the month of June because they went out and bought a weapon. But here's the scary thing that I was thinking about. Those are just the legal ones. Yeah, how many how many, how, are, how many people normally sign up? I have no check? idea, but oh, okay. I just was I was shocked that when I saw like that four million guns purchased legally in the month of June over a thirty day a thirty day month, and four million people requested FBI firearm background checks. Oh, things are looking rosy down in the United States. I think my price of uh, my price of helping people get into Canada just went up. Mm -hmm. um, episode five twenty two. We welcome you to it. Our first episode since the early two hundreds. 
on video and um, I'm wondering to see what I look like. I was, I've never done video except for those, the Bernie those, ones? those Bernie ones. Um, you never appeared on TV or anything? Well, I told you I've done a lot of voiceover work, but you yeah, know, people yeah. always told me that I had the face for radio. So no, I've never been in front of the camera. Um, maybe that's a good thing. A lot of things to talk about, but one thing that interests both Chris and I very much is the National Hockey League, and the National Hockey League did the right thing, and that's why I have confidence that the National Hockey League is going to start, and the National Hockey League is going to crown a champion. With the news, I think it was about Wednesday of this week, that Edmonton and Toronto will be the hub cities for the NHL's resumption of the season, and the Stanley Cup Finals, the best of seven Stanley Cup Finals, will be held in Alberta's capital city, and I'll tell you, of everything that Bettman and Daly have done, and I think a lot of things that they've done the right way since early March, I think this is the smartest thing they could have done. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum here on Unscripted, but the numbers are coming down in Canada, folks. We have literally flattened the curve, and I think that this is the safest place that any athlete could potentially you know, uh, participate in his or her sport again is north of the 49th parallel. I've got to give everybody from Dina, what's her name? Henshaw or mm-hmm. Heshaw or yeah. Hehaw or whatever Dina, the hell Dina her Henshaw, name is. Yeah. Congratulations to her as the lead doctor here in Alberta, but everybody along this country has done a marvelous job. In fact, in the Maritimes, they've shut it down to everybody out there. You can't even go in to certain parts of the Maritimes because they are under a bubble. They want to see this eradicated and they're taking the uh, utmost safety out there in regard to doing this. But I'm very happy and pleased and it was the right decision to award these two cities. I technically wish it could have been Edmonton and Vancouver, but I'm just happy that two of these, these two cities are north of the 49th parallel. It's smart to do this. I know that there are a lot of people that were probably pining for Las Vegas because of the hotels and the obviously the things that they can do off the ice. But my God, folks, right now the health has got to be of, of the paramount importance. And Edmonton and Toronto are the best two options that the National Hockey League had moving forward. And they took those both they took both of those two options. And I'm very happy that Bettman and Daly did that. Yeah, it was the right decision, and with Vegas, yeah, it'd be nice to have that other stuff to do, but you wouldn't get to do that other stuff, and then come back in the bubble and and uh, just be safe to go back in, so that wasn't going to work. Yeah, lots of hotel rooms, there could have been good potential there, but I'm sure that uh, Toronto's going to be fine, and Edmonton, we know it's fine, they had a really good plan in place. I heard Vancouver actually took themselves yes. out of the running. The Premier did. Oh, those are the Premier? Okay, yeah, yeah so... That was kind of disappointing, but Edmonton and Toronto is fine, both in Canada, both away from race riots and uh, completely... Gunplay. Yeah, in guns and irresponsible social behaviors, and so that's good, and it is the right spot, and I love that Edmonton's getting the Stanley Cup final, the yes. entire thing, it sounds like, which is really cool. Wouldn't that be cool if Edmonton played somebody in their own barn for the Stanley Cup? Yeah, and then the, the cases are low enough that they can allow fans in, and oh man, it would just be... It'd just be great. So there's no asterisk on this Stanley Cup as far as I'm concerned. None. It's, a, it's the Stanley Cup. And if the Oilers win, they'll have to go through five rounds instead of four. That's so right. it's actually harder, technically. And if they lose, they have a 12.5% chance of winning Alexis Lafreniere and sticking him on Connor McDavid's left wing. And then we laugh and laugh and laugh and win lots of cups. Could you see potentially that young man on a line with, with Drysaddle and McDavid? Well, Or you'd have to separate that talent out a little bit. So I've always been a big proponent of 
Drysaddle and McDavid on the same line right. because not only are they both great, but they actually have great chemistry too, as we always see in overtime, especially. But the problem is uh, Dave Tippett really wanted to spread the wealth, not have the other team be able to focus on one. And so this past season, he really tried hard to keep them separate. And I didn't like that at first, but then Dreisaitl found some real chemistry with Kyler Yamamoto and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So then that just freed up Connor. So now you can put Connor with anybody and the line won't be that bad. Right. Right. And so now they really need, though, that guy. Like, if, if we want Alexis Lafreniere and he had great chemistry with Connor, I mean... It would be ridiculous, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not really worried about that. The Oilers have had plenty of first overall picks, uh, and uh, I'd like to think we could beat Chicago, but there'll be so many variables here. I mean, I got a text from our Vancouver Bureau Chief, Sean Dode, the other day saying, you still think there's going to be hockey because of the St. Louis Blues situation where, like, a bunch of them... Four of them just the other day. I thought it was more than that, even. But, like, they, like what are, you, what are they doing? Like what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, honestly, I don't get it. I got to say this though, in in uh, just as a follow up to your comment about how difficult and no asterisk involved when they crown a Stanley Cup champion in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, thinks that not only should there not be an asterisk, but he thinks because of the circumstances of this whole year, where you shut stuff down for months at a time, he thinks this could be the most special championship ever because of the circumstances sure, yeah and i totally agree with that i mean here's a team that was 53 and 12 when they shut things down on the 12th or 15th of march whenever the hell it was middle of march they shut things down and uh i i totally agree with the greek freak on this one i think this is doesn't need an asterisk i think that it's going to have obviously a special place in history because of the uniqueness mm-hmm. of it for damn sure um it's really funny the other day watching them in one of these these uh, convention centers on this Walt Disney World where they're putting a home court of the Indiana Pacers, a home court of the Miami Heat, a home court of another Eastern Conference team, all in this huge ballroom. I mean, that's weird. But I don't think you put an asterisk by it. I mean, it's going to have a special place in history all because of what we've all been through since middle of March. But uh, I totally agree with the Greek freak that there should not be any asterisks here. This is going to be the most unique champion crowned in these sports, if we even get there. Again, I'm very passionate and very believing that the National Hockey League is going to get there. Not so much these days about the NBA. I really don't. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things, and we'll certainly talk about this over the course of today's taping. But uh, I truly believe that this will be one of the most unique ones, obviously, but there's no need for an asterisk. I think of the uniqueness of the season and shutting it down. And in the NBA, you've got 22 teams. The National Hockey League, you've got 24 teams. Now they're talking about a separate bubble for eight teams that didn't make it in the NBA in Chicago so they can, you know, keep their games up to where they're supposed to be and all this other stuff. But I don't think there's a need for an asterisk. There's enough speciality this year with everything that everybody's gone through with uh, COVID-19. Um before we get out of here on this 522nd episode, I want to stay in the National Hockey League because I've got a bunch of things to talk about in the NFL. I've got some a bunch of things to talk about in the NHL. I've got stuff in the NBA as well. And I even have baseball stuff here today. But I think this is uh, something that I want to talk about right now. And when this guy speaks, it's like, did you remember um, this old commercial that said, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen? Oh, well, well, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, that was a long time. Long ago. time ago, but yeah. 
when this guy talks, people listen. And what I mean by this is legendary Boston Bruins defenseman Bobby Orr. Don Cherry thinks he's the greatest player ever. Yeah. And I bet that there are a lot of people, especially in the Boston area, that will agree with you. Um, and I don't have any... I mean, obviously, in my opinion, Gretzky's number one. But a lot of people believe that Bobby Orr is the greatest hockey player that ever laced him up. But Mr. Orr believes that Sidney Crosby, he came out earlier today or late yesterday, believes that Sid the Kid should be considered one of the top five players to ever lace up the skates, or is considered one of the top five of all time, sharing that distinction with Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Gordie Howe, or believes that Crosby belongs right beside those others to round out the list. And what I thought was really cool is that the great one, not Gretzky, Bobby Orr, he comes back and says, and went on to mention that Edmonton's Connor McDavid has the potential to be flat out the best of all times. And again, when Bobby Orr speaks, people like me and you are going to listen. Yeah, I love Bobby Orr. And it's just, I would like to put him number one all time, but it's just really difficult because the stat that people will always come back to is that Wayne Gretzky has more assists than anyone else has points. Correct. Like he le- he has more goals than anyone too, but you could t- take away his goal record to make it zero and he still has more points than anyone. So th- those kind of numbers are just overwhelming. Even though Mario Lemieux has a similar points per game, uh, or might even be slightly higher, he played in far fewer games and had more health problems. Right. Uh, Bobby Orr had lots of health problems, was a defenseman, and only played nine seasons. Now, if you look at someone like Sidney Crosby, I haven't thought of him as top five, but if you really think about it, it is interesting because... He played in the modern era, and he played the entire career after the the lockout. Right. Uh, so he didn't have. It wasn't like a, in the seventies where you didn't touch the star. Like he's Sidney Crosby's been beat up. Like, well, and that's what Mister Orr is saying up. because yeah. I mean there are a lot of areas during Sid the Kid's career that he has missed time, but that's because he's out there, you know, mucking it up with everybody and he's taking everybody's best shot. There's been a lot of times that uh, Sidney Crosby has left his heart and soul on the ice and his body just didn't work after getting the crap kicked out of it. So, um, you know, again, I am never going to say anything negative in regard to Bobby Orr. And that's what makes this country great is everybody has their opinions. And when, again, not to sound repetitive, but when Bobby Orr speaks, people should goddamn listen because th- there's probably something good coming out of his mouth. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and when you take that Crosby can take a beating and he'll fight and he will win scoring titles and he's won three cups. Uh, that's not, like three cups, unless you're Marc Messier, like in any sort of modern era, three cups is really right. up there. And right. captaining all three of right. them. Right, absolutely. Right, right. so... It's, it's hard to argue with. I mean, I wish there was a formula where we could kind of transpose what he has done and compare it to other eras, like other eras where the stars didn't get touched. Like, never mind, like, didn't have to fight or anything. Like, didn't even get touched right. or no. you'd get murdered, right? Right. Uh, didn't get touched and, um, and where the goalies were terrible. Had small equipment, were much physically smaller guys, didn't have the technique. Like, I mean, it, it was just such a different thing. I mean, some of these guys, like Ovechkin, you know, I mean, how many would he have scored uh, back then? It's crazy. Like, I don't know. How does he score so many with a wrist shot? I think if Ovechkin plays back in that era, Ovechkin may be, maybe health-dependent, but Ovechkin has already passed Gretzky in goals. Oh, yeah. Oof, easily. Yeah. So it's 
it's it's really tough. There's no other sport I've ever known where the era really defines the player to a degree and um, makes you look better or worse than you should compared to other eras. Every any other sport, I mean, unless you're going to compare American football to the days where there was no forward pass, which is just a different game. Uh, any in the NHL, even in just in the last fifty years, the changes have been so massive that it's really hard to compare eras. But Sid has done, I think, everything you could realistically do to, uh, you know, to to put himself in the conversation. Top five, though, that is always going to be controversial because that's well, really tough. No question, it is. But again, there's a lot of credence uh, to it when Bobby Orr is speaking it. Now, if it's Daryl Sutter, well, you know, but. Uh, Bobby Orr. Mm. If Mario Lemieux comes out and says it, it, it looks like he's a homer because he is his boss. Yeah, yeah. But when Bobby Orr says it, and you know, Boston's had some obviously great players over the duration of that storied franchise, and Bobby Orr obviously specifically picks out Sid the Kid, so there's some credence there. For well, you sure. well you look at Phil Esposito who scored unbelievable yeah. numbers that yeah. are just impossible by today's standards. And when he was doing it, not only did he have these other advantages and crappy goalies and whatever else, but his shifts were like over two minutes long, mm-hmm. right? He'd be out there for two, three minutes. And yep. nowadays it's like 45 seconds and Boom. get yeah. off the ice. Yeah. So yeah, lots of differences. We've got to run on our first video uh, episode of Unscripted, episode number 522. Our first video episode in, well, 322 episodes. <laughs> Um, I'm very intrigued to see how I come off. Oh my God. I'm going to have to get my hair done. Um, we've got to run, as I mentioned, a lot of things to get to this week. A lot of things going on in the national football league. We still have some things to talk about in the national hockey league. The NBA is making some news and notes and even major league baseball is talking. So a lot of things going on. And I got to tell you, even though baseball has started and they're back, um, in their training camps, if you will, in their home stadiums. But uh, uh, I just don't get the confidence that baseball is going to start. And we'll talk about that in later episodes this week here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, the very talented Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.